All right, everybody. Good Monday afternoon. It's Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and uh, I know that you and I have several Miami Dolphin fans, and uh, it seems like they are doing pretty well also. Uh, the text I've gotten received, and uh, boy, they are fired up for this upcoming season, but uh, doing well here? Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, doing very well, doing very well. Uh, I think, you know, obviously this offseason we've talked about this we've used a lot of superlatives to describe it uh you know in the in in the case of the dolphins who have been a franchise over the last few years that have really built uh, a significant amount of draft capital and it's going to kind of been playing out over the last two drafts uh in terms of the talent that they've been able been able to add through that and and this year they kind of switched directions a little bit in and they decided to go after a veteran star player in the NFL uh, who they thought could make a material difference to their team. And, uh, you know, I, we, we look at this roster now, Wiz, and the Miami Dolphins, uh, I think at times will probably have one of the fastest lineups uh, in the entire league uh, when it comes to putting position players out there. Last year, Jalen Waddell was a 1,000-yard receiver. Waddell did not average um, – over 10 yards uh, a catch, only about nine yards a catch. A lot of his balls and the offensive philosophy was around the line of scrimmage. Uh, we know the Dolphins did have a lot of injuries last year as well, Wiz. They've added two running backs, right, in both Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And now, of course, this trade where Tyreek Hill gets brought in uh, for five different five different draft picks. Uh, they use some of that draft capital that they've accumulated, uh, and they bring in, you know, arguably uh, the most exciting receiver in all of football. And, you know, this is on top of franchising a player like Mike Kosicki. So so the stars are aligned, certainly. And I didn't even mention Cedric Wilson, who both of us saw last year uh, at times when he got a chance to play with the injuries that the Dallas Cowboys had. And in terms of a speed lineup, uh, with a new coach in, in Mike McDonald comes over from the San Francisco 49ers, uh, I kind of understand why Dolphin fans would be excited. But, you know, I, I do want to talk a little bit more deeply about kind of how this affects both the Dolphins and, and the team that the uh, Tyree Kill leaves, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. So, so yeah, there's a lot to unwrap here. It's just been the wildest of wild uh, off seasons in the NFL, um, and, and we've seen it play out nearly on a daily basis here. Yeah, and I've been speaking to a lot of guys in our league, and you know, one of the leagues that we're in is a uh, dynasty. You know, I keep a league where you could keep players for a few years. You know, two years after you draft them, so you could have them for a total of three years. And uh, almost every single one of these moves affects you know the players on our roster, whether we want to keep them or not. Uh, how it changes the value of quarterbacks, receivers, running backs. Um, on teams that uh, have acquired players. And to your point that you mentioned, a team like Kansas City who um, loses a player like Tyreek Hill and what that, will remain, you know, what that will mean for the remaining wide receivers on that team. Yeah, so so let let's take it let's go let's take it from the Kansas City angle first before we get into the Dolphins. So look, this is this is the, probably the most successful team over the last three years uh, in terms of year in and year out uh, what they've done uh, in the playoffs and 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 obviously winning a Super Bowl and, and to take away a piece of the puzzle uh, like the cheetah uh, as they call Tyreek Hill um, and and you look at what's left here because they also uh, you know lost a guy who 
started to have some dependency in terms of in the eyes of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Byron Pringle, who signed with the Chicago Bears. You're left with a 32, almost 33-year-old t- um, tight end in Travis Kelsey. Uh, you lose Demarcus Robinson as well. I forgot. I, I don't know if he's actually signed yet. I know he was actually looking or talking to a couple of different teams. I don't think he's actually official, officially signed. Um, they've brought Juju in, who's a much different receiver than Tyreek Hill, of course. Uh, they still have McCall Hardman, who does have a speed element to it. But certainly for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who also just signed Ronald Jones, I, I don't necessarily think there'll be a, a distinct change in philosophy in terms of what the Chiefs are trying to do, especially with a quarterback like Mahomes. But I, I think I want to say, Wiz, that the Chiefs have four draft picks within like the first 55 or 60 picks in this draft. And... I got to believe that the Chiefs have an idea uh, at this point in time, as we've seen in the past, of a player that they have in mind to potentially replace Tyreek Hill in terms of explosiveness in this offense. Yeah, and, and uh, I think uh, they also have Valdez Scantling as well. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, yes, they, that's right. They signed Valdez Scantling from, from the uh, Green Bay Packers. Kind of inconsistent, but he did get a lot of money in that deal. Yeah, I mean, I've always felt that Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not used in these last two years as is, you know, with the best weapon is I, I think he's a terrific uh, catcher, you know, pass catcher out of the backfield. And he really wasn't utilized that much. Um, a lot of the times he was taken off the field on the third down because they trusted Darrell Williams to, for blocking and protection. That he's no longer there. So I'm wondering if they plan on using Clyde Edwards Alaire a little bit more in the passing game this year. But to your point, I mean, I think there's a lot of there's so many wide ranges of outcomes for these players. These guys like Mom, you know, Valdez Scanling is a guy that seems to have ability, but never quite could earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers. I'm wondering if that's going to be, uh, you know, is the light switch going to go on for a player with a new setting and and a, you know a new ch- a change of scenery. Has McCall Hardman turned the corner? Does the Kansas City management feel that he can step up after being a guy that he couldn't be relied on? Um, and Juju, is he going to be playing that slot role and catching a ton of passes? But I think the story for this trade has not been written yet because I believe Kansas City, with I think picks 29. 30 and 50 are going to move up in this draft and take a wide receiver. Um, And I'm looking at the draft and I just feel there's a sweet spot for them after the Jets pick at 11 at 10 with the Washington football team at 11, the Vikings who they know are not going to take a receiver at 12 and the Houston Texans, this is, I feel, the most intriguing spot where the Chiefs can move up and get ahead of all the teams who are definitely going to take a wide receiver and trade with a team that can really use to stockpile draft picks. So even though this is a blockbuster trade going to Miami for getting Tyree Kill, I don't think the story is yet complete. And we'll know on draft day because this is what Kansas City does. If they have a player in mind, they'll keep it quiet. And then all of a sudden you'll see like Kansas City trades 
picks 29 and 30 and a third round pick to move up to the 13th spot or other picks. That's what they did to get Mahomes. And I think if they have a player in mind, and I do believe they will have a player in mind, that's what they'll see. So I'm looking at intent from Kansas City on draft day, which is April 28th, and uh, that's one month from today. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think, like I said, uh, to your point, I, I think they probably have a player in mind. Uh, I hadn't quite figured that they'd move up in the draft uh, as aggressively as you think they will, but you know, the fact of the matter is, they have a lot of picks and they have the ability to do that, right? So, so it does make yeah. a lot of sense. And you know, again, you have a player like Mahomes. I know, you know, last year he he kind of had a bumpy parts of his season. His offense was. A little bit messy, but got more consistent as the season went on. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, Tyreek Hill was such a massive part of what this offense uh, was doing week in and week out. So it, it's not something that we should ignore, uh, losing a player of that caliber. As I mentioned, you know, Juju is a very different player uh, than, than Tyreek Hill, and he, I, I think he will be in that slot. And he's probably landed in a, in a, in a place with, that is quite beneficial to him as a player in terms of production on this team. McCole um, Hardman is a little bit more of a mystery, I think, um, at times, Patrick Mahomes lost confidence in the player. I think we saw that play out last year, quite frankly, with the fact that with the fact that um, Pringle became a bigger part of what they were trying to do last year. And if you look at McCall Hardman, was it's kind of interesting, right? Rookie year, everybody kind of got excited. He caught a few bombs down the field. Certainly helped out a lot of times by having Tyreek Hill on the field with him, right? He averaged over 20 yards a catch. But each year since then, over 13, uh, almost 14 yards a catch in 2020, and last year under 12 yards a catch. So you have not seen the development and as well, have, we've seen a decrease in playing time for, for McCall Hardman. And last year, he did have a few more catches. He had 600 yards receiving, but not what you would have expected uh, as you saw that rookie year. We A lot of people expected a lot more coming out of that player uh, as time wore on uh, in his time as a Kansas City Chief. Yeah, and I, I think the last thing I'll just mention about Kansas City is I, what I think will be interesting is how Patrick Mahomes, who has been just a rock when it comes to you know being a surefire first quarterback, or depending you know who you talk to. I know the year Lamar, after Lamar Jackson won the MVP that people were ranking Lamar Jackson, but, but Patrick Mahomes has always been one of the first, few, at least these last few years, has either been the first or second quarterback taken. I'm wondering in people's, in the eyes of people, the fantasy football community, with the lo- losing Tyree Kill and some of these other young quarterbacks, is there a scenario where Patrick Mahomes falls out of the top five even, or maybe even sinks a little bit lower, as far as fantasy quarterbacks coming into the year. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be one. I can say that pretty confidently. Uh, I would say somewhere in that three to seven range is, is where he's going to fall, and I think it's going to be beauty in the eyes of the beholder in your leagues uh, as to who grabs that player because I, I do really believe that people are going to penalize Patrick Mahomes for losing Tyreek Hill. In in addition. To being more inconsistent last year as a player. Yeah, I mean, when you consider just what's going on in that division, I mean, Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, people like that Denver receiving core, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, how far that moves Derek Carr up, 
Joe Burrow has got to be a fixture in that top five. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, if he gets all his, he's got Godwin and Evans and, and Russell Gage. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how a quarterback who is locked in as QB1 um, is going to be viewed coming into this year without Tyreek Hill. I, I want to ask you one question, Liz, and this is kind of a little left field here, but, uh, you know, last year the Chiefs drafted Noah Gray out of Duke. Um, got on the field a little bit. I only think he had about 10, 12 catches on the year, but a lot of promise in the player, and I mentioned uh, Travis Kelsey will be 33 years old come October. Uh, for Dynasty Leagues, is this something that people should keep their eyes on as maybe an interesting player? Could we see the Chiefs play more 12 personnel at times? You know, is, is this going to be maybe a different style of Chief offense? Is that is that a player, If you know, in the, even if an event, in the event that Travis Kelsey went down with an injury, uh, is that a player that would intrigue you? Definitely. I mean, they, they love the player. I mean, I, I've seen... Everyone from Andy Reid to uh, Travis Kelsey himself talk about the player, and uh, they 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 just love the player. And uh, he's one of these guys. If he got a chance to you know get in there, it's you know talked about like with uh, Dallas Goddard. I mean, if he ever got the chance, and sure enough, you know the Eagles moved on from Zach Ertz, and now he's in the top five at tight end. You know, anytime you become a pass catcher with Pat Mahomes throwing you the ball you obviously are a factor. So in Dynasty Leagues, and also I kind of noticed that Travis Kelsey was getting a little banged up and he was coming off the field more. So he's not getting younger. So uh, Noah Gray is certainly an interesting prospect, one of many at the tight end position. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. All right, so 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 let's uh, turn turn the tables here and look at this from a, from a Dolphin perspective. So uh, I'm gonna just you know I've probably been pretty open book, uh, open kimono, if you will, about uh, my feelings on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he has not impressed me thus far as a quarterback. Uh, now, granted, I'll give him. I'll give him props that he's going to be in a new offense, so uh, maybe that helps the player. Uh, the Dolphins ranked, if I'm not mistaken, including Tua, uh, near the bottom in yards per completion, yards per attempt. Uh, actually, Tua, I think, in passes over 20 or, or 30 yards. I saw a wacky statistic where his, his completion, comp- completion percentage was near the very bottom in the NFL. So so I look at this, and I'm saying to myself, all right, Tua's Got, you know, walking into a show me mov- moment here. Uh, he's got to impress his new coach. He's got to impress his new receiver. Uh, I mentioned Waddle. I know Waddle had a great year last year, but a lot of it was around the line of scrim- scrimmage and and what he created after the play. Uh, they signed they signed Cedric Wilson. Don't know what they're going to do about Devontae Parker. I'm sure they will field offers uh, for that tra- uh, player to be traded potentially. Uh, we talked about Kasicki uh, coming in here uh, and 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 taking on a franchise tag here. So and and we mentioned the running back position as well, where they've added both Chase Edmonds and and Raheem Mostert. Uh, Mostert, of course, uh, a running back who is talented, but he's aged and he just cannot stay on the field. So. Um, a lot, a lot to unwrap here as well, Wiz, and and I definitely would say Tyreek Hill, in my eyes, takes a significant hit from where he would have been, uh, you know, the de facto two or three wide receiver, especially with the question marks on the quarterback. Uh, that Tyreek Hill will will not be drafted in the top five at the wide receiver position. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, I think the one player who takes a little bit of a hit is out of all of this is Tyree Kill. Just, you know, the connection, if nothing else, the connection, the rapport that he built up with Mahomes over the years is going to take a while to, 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 you know, to get that with Tua. So you're not going to expect the yardage, but he may catch a lot more passes or he's going to catch a lot of passes. That's for sure. Um, and I, the one thing I want to just say about the Dolphins is I know that Tyree Kill and people went bananas over the trade, but under the radar, that has not gotten as much attention as nearly as it should have gotten is the Tehran Armstead signing. And that signing and left tackle, now people think, oh, two is a lefty quarterback. It's not as big deal. It's not as blindside. Miami is going to run so many RPOs to his left. And with a guy like Armstead clearing out that path and at that left tackle get, signing him, I think they gave him like five years, $70 million. That is an, that is as great as, you know, that, that went under the radar because of the Hill signing. And that is going to be crucial this year. And the one thing I want to say about Waddle is I feel Waddle is every bit as good as Jamar Chase. And the difference between the two is J J Jalen Waddle did not have the surrounding talent that Jamar Chase did, where even as a rookie, teams are going in there and saying, okay, we're going to let Waddle catch seven passes, eight passes, but we're not going to let him catch eight for 140 and two touchdowns. He's going to have to grind out these catches in yards. They are not going to be able to do that with, Ty with Tyreek Hill being there. And you're going to see Jalen Waddle, I believe, uh, reach the levels of, of pe where people are going to realize he's every bit as good as Jamar Chase with the surrounding talent of not only Tyreek Hill, but Cedric Wilson, good running backs, a running game. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving it for the surrounding talent as well. But I, I just feel that Armstead signing has something that has done, gotten the notoriety and, and publicity that it should get because that is, uh, it, uh, was a sore spot that they've filled in a big time way. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. And, and, and look, this is a this, and, and I'll, I'll get your, your, your views on Tua in a second. Uh, like I said, I've been pretty outspoken ne negatively really since he's come out of college, quite frankly. Um, but, you know, not that Brian Flores deserved to lose his job. He did a great job uh, with the Dolphins. But you have a whole new setup here where Mike McDonald comes in. This is a young group of coaches, hungry uh, he comes out of uh, a really solid system, McDonald, from the, from Kyle Shanahan's uh, San Francisco 49er system. The new offensive coordinator, Frank Smith, comes from the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he was their run game and offensive line coordinator. So uh, he's also a young coach, 41 years old, spent some time in the in the Saints organization. So, so philosophy is going to be a bit different than it was. And like I said, I'm not criticizing Brian Flores in any way, shape, or form. Did not deserve to lose his job, but nonetheless, this is a this is a new this is a new brand of coaching that's coming in here, and, and they're going to want to put their 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 own fingerprints on this football team. It reminds me of another team that you looked at the talent and you just said, "Why isn't this team scoring as much as they should?" 
and look at the potential and, you know, what, what could this team be? And they had a defensive coach and it just wasn't working out. And they brought in a new guy. Nobody had heard of him. And I'm talking about when Jeff Fisher was let go and Sean McVay took over for the Rams. And I see a lot of similarities with a new regime coming in offensive-minded players, offensive-minded coaches with uh, a million times better surrounding talent than the year before. And when you combine what they did at tackle, what they did with bringing in Wilson and Hill, with Edmonds and Mostert, combined with really creative offensive minds, there's a lot to be excited about for the Miami Dolphins this year. I mean, I really think – this team can contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. They're going to have to do some work in this draft on that defense, uh, continue to add pieces to that. I know Byron Jones uh, restructured his contract. Uh, he's their star cornerback. But they're, they're, they're probably going to need to add a few pieces on the defensive side of it. I will ask you, Wiz, uh, before we wrap up here, uh, it, that running game, you know, again, it, it just looks like a fantasy nightmare at the moment because Miles Gaskin is also still here uh, in, in Miami. Uh, to me, uh while I'm excited because I do, uh, I was excited when Chase Edmonds first came there. I, I don't trust Mostert, especially after the injuries of the last few years. Uh, obviously, having familiarity with the player, Mike McDonald bringing him in is no, no surprise. But a player just not being able to stay on the field the last couple of years. But you know, one of those situations where I don't know that it's easy to parse through from a fantasy perspective on, on what how how the ball will be divvied up for for the running backs on this team because really you don't when you look at those guys it's not really a true. Uh, like kind of uh, nose nose for the end zone type of player, big bulky guy um, on this roster right now. No, I, I agree. I think I know that you have. Um, I, I know that you have uh, Chase Edmonds, and he had a great landing spot there. And then you know they brought in Mostert. So I think to to your point, that is going to be a real conundrum to try and to try and figure out. Um, you know, what they're going to do, who's going to get the carries. Both of those guys are good, good players. I mean, I just think it's probably going to be a situation where they're going to try and um, try and keep it, you know, keep both guys fresh, considering that neither guy is Lou Gehrig when it comes to durability and staying on, being able to stay on the field. But one other thing, another thing that's kind of gone under the radar is – they are trying to like simulate a little bit or more than a little bit, a lot of what they were doing in San Francisco. And he's not as talented as, um, as, as Kyle Zuzek is, but Alec Ingold, they brought over from the Raiders to play fullback. Yeah, he's and he is an, he's an interesting, interesting player. And he's not as good as Kyle Zuzek in all aspects of the game. But he's a good fullback who can surprise teams catching the ball out of the backfield. And uh, he, it's another one of these things that the Dolphins have done that's gone completely you know, unnoticed by most of the fantasy football community. But if you're really paying attention, it's a, you know, they they gave the guy a two-year contract for, I think, seven or eight million dollars. And I think it's an interesting signing. And I think he's a good fullback in terms of leading the way in blocking and catching the ball as well. And uh, they're trying to do a lot of the good things that 
they did in San Francisco. And uh, they have, I think, more talent on that offense than the San Francisco 49ers ever had. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be quite interesting to see how how it all plays out. Uh, but Dolphins fans, I think, uh, have reasons to be excited about this. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, no you know, question. and before we wrap up here, Wiz, you know, I I have to say a team that kind of reminded me of the Dolphins from a few years ago. If we remember that team, we talked about how how competitive the team was. I think they were. I think they ended up winning five or six games in that first season of Flores. But we remember what a thorn in the side that the that the team had be, become. And, and and I look at what's going on in Detroit. Uh, and I see a lot of similarities, especially how competitive that team played all year uh, with a with a young new head coach and Dan Campbell. Uh, it was announced today two really interesting things for the Detroit Lions franchise. Um, one, they they have gotten the hard knocks uh, for this coming football season, not the in in season but preseason. And two, the Lions uh, or the city of Detroit has been uh, is going to be getting the NFL draft. I want to say in in year twenty twenty four. So exciting things happening in Detroit. And like I said, I, I just feel if there's a franchise that reminds me a little bit of what the Dolphins did a few years ago, I think that's the way the season played out last year for the Lions. And, and hopefully, some optimism for the fan base in Michigan. Yeah, I love that you brought up the Lions. They have three of the top thirty four picks. They have a team that was playing so hard last year. Um, people forget that Jeffrey Akuda, their number two pick from a few years ago, missed the entire season, and they have the number two pick this year. And I, in my opinion, looking at it, especially if the Jags take um, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, that they're going to take Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame, who I think is the best player in the draft. And um, you bring back a cooter, it's like a guy that wasn't there last year. It's almost like two draft picks, a cooter coming back and a player like Kyle Hamilton, that secondary. Um, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I love the trajectory of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Pretty exciting stuff. So, so Wiz, we'll continue to do these type of podcasts. Uh, you know, as the season, we're, we're certainly going to get prepared for the NFL dra- NFL draft shortly. Uh, but you know, we're really just trying to unravel you know some of the puzzles that have been created as a result of these off season moves. And 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 this one we thought was irrelevant to kind of take t- take and, and how it affected both the Kansas City Chiefs and 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 the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, so so many key players on both teams. All of these players that we mentioned, all of the receivers, running backs, are going to be, you know, drafted and key players on uh, on teams in the upcoming fantasy league. So there are fantasy implications from these trades. And uh, after the draft is over, we're going to go team by team and uh, and break it down and uh, and uh, and really get people for you know fired up for the upcoming season. All right, Wiz. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, Again, make sure you're subscribing. Pay attention. You don't want to be one of these guys that walks or gals who walks into their draft uh, with just a couple of days of preparation uh, for their draft later on. It uh, it takes a lot of work. So, Wiz, great job as always. Look forward to catching up again later in the week. And, uh, yeah, have a good night. You got it. You too. Same. Thanks.